From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Among cancers that affect both men and women, colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of cancer death in the United States. But this disease is highly preventable. Here to discuss this with us is the medical director of Upstate Medical University's colorectal oncology program, Dr. Jerry Bim. Thanks for being here. Good and morning. I, I should also mention that March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Um, so let's start off with, is it true that most colon cancers begin as polyps? Yes, uh, that's true. Uh, it's the vast majority of, uh, of uh, colorectal cancers. And therefore, uh, uh, the uh, colorectal cancer is preventable. Uh, what I'm uh, trying to say is that uh, when we catch the polyps in, uh, in a stage when uh, there is no malignant cells in them and we remove them with, uh, uh, during a, a colonoscopy, uh, we basically eliminate uh, the cancer risk. It is known fact that uh, if all the patients that are uh, screened are compliant with uh, our recommendations and uh, in fact uh, <clears throat> uh, all the all the uh, uh, folks at age of 50 if they would get screened and followed up uh, properly as recommended we would uh, decrease the incidence of colorectal cancer by 90%. That's and the huge, 90%. Mortality wow. rate by 90%. This number specifically applies to patients who are found to have polyps. So those, those patients actually benefit from a colonoscopy uh, the most. So if you look at the numbers, every year uh, 50,000 people in the United States uh, die of uh, colorectal cancer. So if everybody indeed would be compliant with our uh, recommendations in terms of screening and surveillance, then the number would go to 5,000, which is uh, uh, clearly a very striking uh, difference. And by screening, we mean colonoscopy? Uh, a colonoscopy is really uh, the number one recommended uh, screening method. The uh, uh, yield of... Uh, uh, prevention is, uh, uh, you know, the most significant. However, any form of screening uh, has been shown to be beneficial, including uh, screening uh, the stool for presence of uh, occult blood, uh, uh, which is done by usually the primary care providers who uh, give out uh, cards and uh, a little bit of stool is placed on a card and uh, uh, we can detect whether there is a small amount of blood. Uh, barium enema, which is a radiology test, or flexible sigmoidoscopy, which, which is a short version of uh, a colonoscopy, is also uh, beneficial. It will uh, show uh, polyps as well, but, uh, you know, in, in my mind, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, screening for uh, breast cancer and examining just... Uh, one one breast. There's a lot of discussion about uh, a virtual colonoscopy, but uh, at this point uh, we are not uh, uh, at a stage when this would be uh, universally recommended, so it's not uh, among the uh, approved uh, modalities 
and uh, patients will have uh, uh, trouble uh, getting the insurance companies uh, pay for it. So let's, just to be clear, um, colonoscopy is when the doctor goes into the rectum, into the colon with a, a flexible camera, to, and you're looking for polyps, right? Correct. Or anything else unusual, I guess? Uh, we are looking for any abnormalities, uh, sometimes uh, rarely, though uh, the cancers might not arise from polyps. So uh, colonoscopy will detect all that. And, uh, of course, uh, it is always better to detect something that's very early because the prognosis is significantly uh, better uh, than uh, it is uh, when the symptoms arrive. Also, a colonoscopy can show inflammatory bowel disease, which can be occasionally asymptomatic, and people with inflammatory bowel disease will be at increased risk, so that always has got uh, some benefits in terms of uh, our awareness of it. Now, would a person, a person wouldn't know they have polyps unless a doctor went in and found them, right? There's that, no symptoms. That is correct. Okay. And when symptoms uh, arise, it's usually too late. Uh, at the same time, uh, a polyp can uh, cause bleeding, so uh, uh, therefore the occult blood test is, is also beneficial. So is the recommendation for screening age 50, is that still what the, for most people? Correct. Uh, most cancers uh, arise, most colorectal cancers arise randomly. In uh, 70% of patients, we really do not have any family history uh, of it. And uh, so we have to go by the risk factors. And one of the risk factors is age because we know that at age of 50, uh, the uh, incidence, the likelihood that you're going to get colorectal cancer goes uh, rapidly up as you, as you age. So um, therefore, the, the recommendation indeed is to start at age of 50. The evidence is uh, so strong that the House of Representatives actually mandated all insurance companies to uh, pay for it. That's good to know. Now, uh, you mentioned age being a risk factor. Are there risk factors that we have control over that we can do something about um, when we're younger to reduce our chances of developing? Yes. So uh, there are risk factors that we cannot really influence. Uh, uh, age, yes, we can't. Uh, then uh, family history and then uh, another risk factor that is associated with uh, increased uh, likelihood of colorectal uh, cancer is uh, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. And there are some rare syndromes uh, such as uh, polyposis and uh, Lynch syndrome or uh, non-polyposis uh, cancer syndrome. But uh, it is present only in about 5% five, five of patients. So uh, once again, most uh, patients uh, do get uh, colorectal cancer without any known uh, history or without any risk factors. Another risk factor I forgot to mention is presence of polyps uh, within a family. So uh, let's go back to your original question regarding what factors uh, can we influence. Uh, 
Recently, it's been shown that uh, obesity is a huge uh, factor uh, in terms of uh, colorectal cancer. Uh, unfortunately, the rate of obesity in the United States is rapidly progressing. 60% uh, of our adult population is, is obese, and we are uh, hands down leading uh, in terms of uh, the first, first world countries. Uh, and uh, in terms of uh, the world ranking, uh, the, the only uh, countries that are more obese than the United States are the uh, Pacific Rim Islands. But uh, uh, in those circumstances, uh, when people get large, uh, there's traditionally and culturally uh, obesity associated with well-being and power. So, uh, and there are some other interesting factors that uh, contribute to that. Nevertheless, uh, <clears throat> uh, here in the United States, that's a uh, huge problem. And uh, there are other cancers besides uh, colorectal cancer that are, that are associated with obesity. Now, when people are obese, they are very likely not eating healthy. Um, I wanted to ask about diet. That, does that play that, a big role? That comes to the, the subject of, uh, of diet, and that does play a big role. When, when people eat healthy, it is very unlikely that they would become obese because eating healthy means eating a lot of fiber. A healthy diet should, uh, uh, for, for women, have at least... Uh, 20 grams of bran of fiber a day and so, <clears throat> you know it's it's uh, uh, basically on on every single item we buy at grocery store it does say how much fiber is in it so we should always be aware uh, that uh, in 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 women we should uh, uh, consume 20 grams of fiber in men uh, 30 grams of fiber so once you once you uh, consume the recommended uh, amount of fiber, your bowel habits are going to be healthier, regular. So the potential carcinogens that are in, in the stool, the exposure of your bowel to these carcinogens is going to be markedly decreased uh, because of uh, healthy bowel habits. Oh, interesting. Uh, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with the medical director of the colorectal oncology program, Dr. Jerry Bim. Uh, I wanted to ask, do we know what causes colon cancer? Uh, we do not know. There is going to be some genetic predisposition in minority of, of patients, and there's going to be uh, uh, multiple factors that we you know, call risk factors. Uh, we mentioned obesity. We mentioned diet, red meats, uh, a lot of fat. We also know about smoking. We know about alcohol. Uh, for uh, in terms of alcohol for men it is acceptable to have two drinks a day uh, for female population just one drink a day once you go above uh, that uh, magic number uh, the risks of not only colorectal cancer but other cancers uh, goes up and we were talking always about uh, smoking uh, activity uh, and that goes with, uh, you know, obesity as well, because people who are active actually can decrease their risk of not only colorectal cancer, but other cancers. 
Now, you mentioned with colonoscopy, um, if you see polyps, you can remove them during the colonoscopy or catch, you know, catch it at an early stage before it's kind of developed into cancer. What is the outlook and how do you treat cancers that are more advanced? So we have uh, multiple uh, modalities and of course, uh, uh, once uh, a cancer is diagnosed, we have to uh, establish what stage uh, that cancer is because that will determine how we uh, approach it. Uh, that will determine, uh, uh, in general, the prognosis of the patient. So uh, we have uh, essentially uh, three major uh, modalities, which is uh, chemotherapy, uh, surgery, and uh, radiation. Radiation usually applies only to uh, the cancers that are in the most distal part of the large bowel, which is the rectum. So the deepest part? Uh, the, the deepest part in the pelvis, that's uh, an area that uh, responds uh, very well to radiation. Uh, the colon uh, cancer, as opposed to rectal cancer, uh, we do rarely use uh, radiation for many reasons. The algorithm uh, in terms of chemotherapy is rapidly changing it's in flux so we usually tailor uh, the chemotherapy regimens to the needs and uh, to the needs of the patients uh, and uh, in general however i have to say that the most benefit from chemotherapy are patients in stage three uh, disease okay so it really depends it really catch it early again that's the yes. bottom line so um, very quickly before we run out of time, are there symptoms that, uh, of colon cancer that a person, if, if they're having these, they should come to see a doctor? Yes. About? What are those? So uh, the most frequent symptom would be uh, bleeding uh, from the rectum. You will see blood uh, in the stool. Uh, most people with blood in the stool, however, <clears throat> are diagnosed with benign conditions. So uh, there is, there is uh, chronically one uh, reason why people don't come to see a doctor because they're afraid of uh, a bad diagnosis. But most people who, who notice bleeding in, in the stool uh, actually have some benign uh, uh, disease, benign problem for it. Another one is unexplained, unexplained weight loss. Another one would be alternating bowel habits, constipation uh, with, with loose stools. Uh, sometimes unexplained uh, constipation, abdominal pain, overall fatigue, flu-like symptoms, night sweats, uh, that would be all symptoms that should raise some uh, red should flag. Get checked out. Well, thank you so much. This has been very informational. Uh, my guest has been Dr. Jerry Bim, the medical director of Upstate Medical University's colorectal oncology program. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.